and welcome to another episode of Ran. We booked it. Today we bring back uh, an old one we haven't done in a while. Uh, we're doing some more book tropes, specifically some romance ones. Before we get started, make sure to follow our Instagram at We Booked It. We have updates about the podcast, our goals, things we're reading. So go check us out over there. Give us some love. Speaking of love, <laughs> what a great segue. Spe- love is in the air. <laughs> I love that. That was perfect. So our first trope is best friends to yes. lovers. We've chosen good romance tropes today, not the terrible ones. Yes. <laughs> but the lovely best friends to lovers. Uh, I think we have mo- most of ours are from this. Um but the definition here brought to you by Rose uh, was the two main characters start f- start as friends and the plot makes them fall in love. And we, we love do. It. Sometimes the plot doesn't even make them fall in love. The plot just helps them. <laughs> yeah. That's most, that's most of the time. <laughs> They're both in love. They just don't know it. Exactly. Um, and we kind of have this, like, how do we feel about it? What is the impact on the story or the plot? Um, and I said, like, this can be the main driving force of the plot, like, in Hook, Line, and Sinker, which is one of my examples. Or it can just be kind of one of those many underlying plot threads, like it is in the Dark Artifices. And... Either way, it can be mm-hmm. done really well. That's true. Uh, I once heard it said for like romance, just romance in general with romance tropes, um, that if the characters aren't together, there has to be a why. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put like, that's definitely in here. Like, I think it's for added sweetness within certain plots because the best friends to lovers trope is truly it's so cute it's it's wonderful i do adore it but it's like for added sweetness or problems (laughs) because with romance plots it's always about the why they Mm -hmm. can't be together which brings us to the examples we have today yeah so i have a less than me yeah but some of them well technically you have one of mine or two of mine <laughs> Three i was of gonna mine. say we could i i could <laughs> comment yeah we, could we can share we can share um so i guess i'll start us off here so uh, one of my examples that i first thought of was again hook line and sinker by tessa bailey um and this book uh, talks about Piper, um, who's, like, this really enthusiastic, um, like, movie-slash-music person. She's really into, like, soundtracks. And Fox, who is, like, this rough-and-tough player of a guy (laughs) who, um, like, works on a fishing boat. And, through a previous book they become friends and decide they're not going to cross the line because fox is a bit of a player 
Um, and Piper just doesn't want to do that to herself. But of course, they are already falling in love with, with each other. <laughs> and the book gets them together in the end. We love it. I love the added impact of, in a previous mm-hmm. book, them becoming friends. Yeah. So you you get to, like, follow them a little bit. It's very cute. The, it gives me Cassandra For sure. vibes. <laughs> with, with that one. Uh, the one I will do is We Are Still Tornadoes by Michael Kuhn and Susan Mullen. I've talked about this book a lot. I love this book. I read this book in a day. It's just a short little book. It's lovely. Um, But Scott and Kath are, like, childhood best friends, grew up in the same small town together, you know, knowing each other, like, basically their entire lives. Um, And Kath goes away to college, and Scott doesn't go to college. He stays in the town. And they write letters to each other back and forth. And so they start off as just best friends, and it's not until a little later... um, where there's, you find out there's problems. And those problems happen when they see each other face to face. Which means the reader does not get to see them. Because you only see what's they're writing mm. back and forth to each other. Um, so there's a lot of intrigue of like, what happened? What are you yelling at Scott about <laughs> this time? What did he do? Because Scott is a little bit of a player. Definitely got Kath's roommate <laughs> a bit infatuated with him. Um... But, like, it slowly boils down to, like, he likes her and, like, has, like, I think probably liked her on and off since, like, high school. <laughs> and it all culminates in the end with, like, him being like, what do you think of these song lyrics? And she's like, oh, I like them, but, like, that's not about, like, if that's about your ex, she didn't wear that color dress on prom night. And then she's like, well, who all wore that color? And she's like, and then, like, she makes the list and he goes, oh, yeah, did I say it was about my ex? No. No. (laughs) And it's just cute. And they're lovely. Because it's just, it's kind of like the best friends to lovers, like, in, but in the way of, like, it's inevitable. So it's just like a sweet little fall into love. Uh, along similar lines, we have People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. Um, and we have Poppy and Alex, who every year they have been going on a best friend vacation. And it starts out with Poppy and Alex trying to find the best deals in the shabbiest of places because they're students and they can't afford to have a good vacation. Or at least one that costs a lot of money. An expensive vacation, I guess. Um, So they do this for years until Poppy expresses that she's falling in love with Alex. And they kind of have a falling out over it. And so in an attempt to save their friendship, Poppy invites Alex out on one more vacation. But this time it's sponsored by her, like travel magazine uh job so it's like a little more luxurious they have 
more opportunities to do things. But of course, as soon as they go out on this adventure, things just start falling apart. There's no AC in the like trailer that they get and <laughs> um they start to bond over how it feels like their first trips where things were magical and they they didn't need much to have a good time and they end up healing their relationship and falling in love <laughs> um so yeah very good. Lovely. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, I will do Of Giants and Ice Bite, Shelby Botch. This is more of a middle grade uh, book series I've read. I'm planning to reread this year. Um, but the characters would be Chase and Rory, which in the first book, Chase and Rory are like just meeting. Rory's just meeting, like, all the people that are going to be her friends. And Chase is one of those people who becomes her best friends throughout the series. And it's not until one book. I'm pretty sure it's the last book. Or the end. It's the end of the third book. It's so funny to me. Maybe it's the end of the third book. At some point, Chase turns to Rory and he goes, like, it's always eighth grade. And Rory's like, what the heck do you mean? And he doesn't explain it. But basically, apparently, like, at this point... All of a lot of the other like of their people in their friend group had started to like couple up, and then and gosh dang Chase is like discovered he has feelings for Rory, <laughs> but he just doesn't. They don't. Uh, he just like says that, and everyone's really confused. Um, and it's not until the last book when they finally have more of a development in their relationship. But, like, basically, to just sum it up without, like, spoiling it too much, <laughs> there are moments where he's like, if I ever seem to, like, put a another girl above you, assume I'm under a spell, okay? <laughs> <laughs> assume I have been brainwashed. Uh, just assume anything except for that I don't like you anymore. I just- there's bets- like, that, that, that's that's how this... This is the kind of best friends to lovers it is. Everyone knows they like each other. They know they like each other. But they're in eighth grade, so they're <laughs> awkward. But everyone else is making bets on when they're going to kiss. So, it's just... Theirs is a very funny because of it's younger and children are hilariously awkward. That's Rory and Chase. I do love them as well. They're adorable. Speaking of hilariously awkward, um, Ox and Joe <laughs> from Wolf oh Song. Gosh. That's another one of those, like, everyone else knows that they like each other. But, like, uh, except for except Ox. For Ox. He, like, can't get it in his head. Ox doesn't know. <laughs> Ox is the yeah, only one who's out true. of that loop. Um... And then when they do kind of, when, when Ox does realize that he likes Joe, it, he's, things are just so awkward. Worst way possible. <laughs> and like, just like the jokes that Joe's family makes, just crack me I up know. so much. Oh. 
I'm telling you, the day Ox realized he had a crush on Joe is the day Ox realized he would rather yeah. die. <laughs> uh. So funny. And then right after that, everything goes off yeah. a cliff. It was such a beautiful moment. It was. I really, really enjoyed it. So funny. I love that. I love that moment where Ox realizes he likes Joe because it's so stupid. Because <laughs> he's wearing like, but it's so he's wearing funny. like short shorts and like comes back from a run, and Ox is like, "Yes, oh," <laughs> and Loki has to run away. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Ox, what's going on?" Nothing. <laughs> And they're all like, why are you acting so Nothing's weird? Mm -hmm. Oh, don't forget the added aspect. They're werewolves. Yes. Which provides an added challenge. How to make sure your werewolf husband or boyfriend or best friend doesn't know you have a crush on him. It's very hard. Very difficult. And then, oh, yes. Yeah. You will yes. be ridiculed. <laughs> but it, good stuff. Um, my next one is Songs of the Deep by Kelly Powell with the characters Jude and Mariah. Basically, childhood best, childhood best friends. A little bit different where uh, they've kind of gone through a lull in their friendship recently and don't really talk as much as they used to. But when things go wrong... They're still the people that they gravitate towards. Um, and the romance isn't really the main plot of this one. This one is just kind of like, you know, a, a mm -hmm. B plot. Um, so it's just like really cute and just kind of sidelined there. But it's just really cute because like they're helping each other out trying to, you know, save the sirens from being murdered by the townspeople. Because uh, sirens are tourism, actually. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of trying to solve a, a murder. And then you kiss your best friend. It happens. After you kiss your best friend, I'm pretty sure that's after he almost got drowned by a siren, too. Lots of things. Lots of things. Just make some tea and forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> But that one's very much like a side plot, but still very cute. I think, I mean, kind of similarly is The Dark Artifices uh, with Emma and Julian. For the, for the most part, yeah. And then it becomes yeah. the main plot. Well, that first book is definitely... It mm -hmm. is sidelined. But Emma and Julian is top tier. For sure. They're my... Just the best. They... Oh my gosh. They're... They're just wonderful. Poor Julian has never known love except for for Emma. 
And it's, oh my gosh, it's so dumb because it's all this pining where Julian knows and thinks in his mind, man, if only, like, we could run away and we were in an alternate reality where, you know, me and Emma were together and these were, like, our children and not my siblings that I'm caring for. And he has that very romantically. And Emma has the exact same thought, except she's a little bit dumb at that moment and doesn't realize it's romantic and thinks of it platonically. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a lovely mess. But that leads... Is, is our last one? That one? This one here I now? believe so. Oh, well, look at that. The last one we got, we've both read, is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. And I have a question mark on this one, okay? Because I put Emily and mm-hmm. Bambleby, Um Because, you know, there's a relationship there. And I put a question mark because I wouldn't call them best friends, maybe. I don't know if Emily would call them best friends. That's the thing. I'm not sure if Emily would call them best friends. But I called them best friends because I don't think Emily has any other friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Bambleby wins by default. Yes. And I feel like Bambleby is trying and wants to be her friend. And desires Absolutely. to be her friend. Which counts as well. <laughs> yes. Well, and then Bambleby obviously is the one who also falls first. Because Emily could never be asked to realize that in no. a million years. <laughs> Lord forbid someone wait for her <laughs> to confess because they will die first. That's so true. They'd just be waiting forever. I know. It gets to the afterlife. You never confessed to me. Confessed what? Well, I love you. Do you love me? Oh, I never even thought about it. Let me mull that one over. I know. I mean, I think you could hit- I think you could hit Emily in the face with a bat that had love written on it and she still wouldn't realize (laughs) she really wouldn't which i love her for love her for that she's happy as can be in her own little world thinking only of fairies barely understanding how to interact with another human being But it happens. Oh yeah, I forgot about this part. (laughs) I forgot you had this part here and we wrote things. (laughs) So the last little section is our thoughts. Um, And my thoughts are, it's super cute. (laughs) That's my thoughts on the... uh, Best friends to leverage trope. Very cute. Do enjoy. Agreed. And I said, I love that slow burn. 
Because it is. You know it's been burning. Just a slow simmer. Good stuff. But that leads to the next trope. Rose, would you do us the Yes. Honors? So the next trope is forbidden love. And I found this lengthy definition online. Um, as long as people have been falling in love, social norms have prevented some lovers from being together. Forbidden love applies whenever taboo tries to prevent two individuals from openly being in a relationship. This can result in other tropes like secret relationship, a suicide pact, courtly love, or even happily ever after. Um, compare this with star-crossed lovers, which is about specific circumstances separating lovers rather than social norms, although there may be some overlap. Um, and it says, like, you can also refer to, like, inconvenient attraction, <laughs> stupid sexy flanders, oh and gosh. stupid sexy friend. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, the impact this has on the plot is this trope can generate a lot of other tropes <laughs> and in and of itself is yeah very interesting <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> yeah uh as i said with best friends to lovers uh, there has to be a why they can't be together i think the forbidden part of that those of those two words is uh the why <laughs> very clearly for sure uh, and some examples that we have. So, <laughs> I thought of Shatter Me by Tahara Mafi, which is, I've talked about it before. Um, but this follows Juliet, who is, she is born into this world where some people have these gifts or powers, I guess. And her power is that if she touches you, she could kill you. And because of this trauma, etc., she feels very unlovable. And is also locked away in prison. And situation after situation happens. And she gets with one guy breaks up with him, and then finds Warner, who is part of the, what they call the reestablishment, um, who they're looking to kind of clean up the act of the world and use Juliet as a weapon. And Warner isn't... That doesn't sound like yeah. cleaning up. <laughs> Unless you're cleaning Pretty up bodies. Much cleaning up bodies. So Warner's in charge of charge of this mess and it's kind of like a Stockholm Syndrome type Ugh, gosh I don't even know how else to describe it but it's it's just not great and that will forever be their relationship will be one of the things that has put me off from this book forever I think Which you won't find w within the rest mm -mm. of the fandom. They love they Warner. But he's like, oh, I'm just a 
misunderstood bad guy. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> but whatever. All right, I'll get off my, my little box. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, we'll, we'll next, we'll both speak on this next one, which is, uh, it's almost a shocker. Uh, the Dark Artifices by Cassandra Clare is back with Emma and Julian, because Emma and Julian are Parabadi within the Shadowhunter world, and Parabadi are literally forbidden from falling in love. That's not allowed to do that. They don't tell you why, they just say, don't do it. Don't do it. But, uh, that didn't go too well for them. No. So, I mean, I think this is the most forbidden love. Like, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, it's literally forbidden. But it's also so good, because it leads you down this quest of, but why? Because yeah, no one can say why. They're just like, oh, you don't. I know, no one, no one knows why. You don't find out why until the very mm -hmm. end of the book. Where Jem comes in, finally, and is like, so I did some digging. Turns out, the exact reason that just happened is why. <laughs> but a much better version of uh, Forbidden Love than what you experienced, yes. Rose. A much better version than, like, the bad boy. <laughs> uh, but then, I have one more. I guess, technically, looking at your uh, definition you found there, um, which I did not read beforehand when I was looking at the books I was going to list, because I, I try to keep myself as, like, don't look at things in case I spoil myself. Right. But I, I probably could have read that one and it would have helped me put more books on there. Because one thing that's always like... what Forbidden love, as you showed in the definition, um, can be very broad. And so I've read a lot of books where honestly a rank or station in life, or basically social status, is why characters can't be together. But I'm like, is that really forbidden? Mm. Because they always overcome it in the end. So is that forbidden? Or are they just like, oh no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's never, in in most of the books I've read, it has never been so over the top like it has been with the Dark Artifices. Where it's been like, oh yeah, that that's, that's a big right. no-no. But I did put one other book in, on here. Um, and that is Forged by Blood. And I'm gonna butcher your name, and I'm so sorry, but I saw she wrote- she has- she- <laughs> there's a post on Instagram where she's like, you can call me heaves or- or ehi. Um, but it's, a uh, Higbor Okosun. Uh, so it's a it's a really nice book. And the characters are Demi and Jonas. Or maybe it's pronounced Jonas. I cannot remember. It's been a hot second. And I need to reread that book when the second one comes out. Because my brain was a little bit elsewhere while reading it, which sucked. Mm. But basically, Demi not only is of 
a lower like social status. She's kind of she's from the oppressed group. Um and she has magic, which is also kind of a lot illegal. Uh which is annoying because it's like, why is it illegal? I was born with it. Um So there's this whole thing where she kinda kidnaps Jonas. But they, they, they had a thing when they were kids but like he saved her kind of thing. There was a moment. Um, so they know each other, they reunite, and they're kind of like, yeah, no. Well, she's like, no, I don't like you. Um, but Jonas is just quiet prince over here. Um, and it's just, they're slowly coming back together. So I, I considered that a forbidden love because I was like, well, there's a lot of things stacked against that. And I can tell you, his father is not going to be happy. I don't think his father was happy. Yeah, that's the forbidden love ones I put on mm. there. Man, inconvenient attraction. <laughs> I feel like that would have opened so many doors <laughs> for books I could have put. <laughs> yeah. Which leads, of course, to the final thoughts which I kind of shared mine a little bit which was like it's hard to pick out forbidden love because it's so broad but I was like there are so many like nuances that can exist within other tropes so I was like is it an enemies type of forbidden love is it a separated like by rank kind of mm -hmm. love so I guess I kind of considered those different from forbidden love even though technically they'd be un under that umbrella term yeah And then my take on it was, uh, the concept as a whole can sometimes read as cringy, and at times it has infuriated me, but also re reflecting <laughs> on Emma and Julian, it's like, I loved that aspect of the book, because there was that mystery involved, we didn't know why they couldn't be together, we just knew things were happening, mm -hmm. so... I think it can be done well, which is probably what I'm going to say about every single one of these tropes. Um, but Shatter Me just didn't do it for me. <laughs> no, yeah, I think Emma and Julian is not only the purest example of forbidden love, but it's probably one of the mm -hmm. best I've read. Just, just because it's not... It's not obvious why it's forbidden. It's just known that it is. And that's what causes them to stop. Kind of. It just... Very mm -hmm. well done. But moving on to Book Talk's probably favorite uh, trope. Enemies to lovers. <laughs> the lovely definition here is the enemies to lovers trope equals Emily... <laughs> enemies <laughs> enemies to reluctant allies to friends to lovers that is exactly right enemies to lovers trope is when two characters start off as enemies and over the course of a book or series end up in a romantic relationship which of course leads us to the impact on the plot and once again it is the why but make it angsty and with characters who can't recognize <laughs> their own emotions. So true. 
Um, I didn't say anything of substance. I just said spicy, spicy. Because <laughs> it's it just it adds this perfect tension of is this person gonna slit my throat or kiss me? I I can't wait to figure it out. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> that sentence is so do you need therapy? But, <laughs> but very accurate to how everyone feels about it. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Um, I will go first here with because I, I have a lot. I'm over here with my fantasy yeah. reads where everyone loves enemies to lovers. Um, it, it's, it's the it thing for the most part. It thrives off of a never ending love. Um, but I'm going to go with one of the most enemies to lovers. Like if anyone's like on booktop, enemies to lovers books, this book is in there. It is Folk of the Air series, or it's the Folk of the Air series by Holly Black. Uh, Jude and Cardin are like the epitome. If, if anyone's read you know, uh, the Wicked, or the Wicked Prince, or whatever, whatever. They know Jude and Cardin, Enemies to Lovers. And it's a, it's a wonderful Enemies to Lovers. Because while it's not literally, like, Enemies to Lovers, oh gosh dang, they are not on the same set, I will tell you that. Jude definitely considers Cardin her enemy, and Cardin desperately tries not to think about Jude every night before he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's lovely because they're both out there to sabotage each other to the best of their abilities. Car uh, Jude by going out of her way and Jude by, or Cardin by not going out of his way to do anything as much as he can. Um, and yet, it, it, you know, you know how you said like, are they going to slit my throat or are they going to kiss me? That, that literally... I, there's a there's a scene, and I'm sure that was literally what was going through Karn's mind. Actually, I'm pretty sure he was sure his throat would get slit until she kissed him instead. Ooh. And it was it was it was so lovely, and it's so great because I the enemies to lovers in this one is instead of following the enemies to reluctant allies to friends to lovers, it kind of follows a. A similar path on it, like enemies to reluctant allies, but they kind of s find a gray space between uh, going straight to lovers after reluctant allies or being friends. And so they're in this kind of strange limbo where both neither of them is sure if the other one shares their feelings or if they're just setting themselves up for mm. heartbreak, which creates more tension and angst. But it is good stuff. <clears throat> but within that same series, because I'm pretty sure the stolen air is within the same series, is Oak and Surin. Um, pretty much start off as enemies. Surin doesn't want anything to do with the court. You get that reluctant allies where Oak's like, hey, come along with me. And Surin's like, why? And Oak doesn't give her a straight answer. But they go along. And once again, they find that limbo between friends and lovers, where they're kind of skipping over friends, uh, which I feel like is a pretty integral part. And they're currently in that gray space, um, because neither of because let me tell you, 
I... I've never seen worse trust issues in my life. I've never seen worse trust issues. I've said it before, but like... They need so much therapy on trust. Because they just can't do it. And it's crazy. But yeah, that is one of the enemies to lovers. I don't know, should I step in with my one? <laughs> or do you want to wait? When do you want to step in with your one? I'm fine whenever. Well, it's your one, so you have to decide. Don't make me. Okay, I'll go right now. Um, so, okay. I have the hating game. Um, and for the life of me, I don't, I don't know why I didn't put the author. I think it's... Who's the author? You started out putting the authors, and I think you just <laughs> forgot. Sounds about right, yeah. Sally Thorne is the author. Um... This is just your classic contemporary romance example. Um, it's about Lucy and Joshua, who are part of... They were originally part of two separate like book publishing companies, but Lucy's company um, started to go under, so they merged together. And so now they share this... like wide open office space with each other because they're kind of like the assistant to the CEOs and they play what's called the hating game where they just like bicker back and forth and there's a bunch of witty banner and as um the two weeks go on between like payday Lucy notices, like, his shirts gradually get darker, and he wears the same 14 shirts in a row every two weeks. Um, and eventually this tension breaks, and they realize, hey, I might actually like you. <laughs> so, very cute. I don't like that she was calling him out on his shirt-wearing habits. I have the same ones. <laughs> I have, like, six shirts I can wear to work. And then I can wear sweat sweatshirts for the other mm. job. But I wear the same three shirts every hey. week. I like them and they're comfy. <laughs> also, I'm not doing any more laundry by buying more shirts. For real. My next one is from the Witchland series by Susan Dennard with Adon and Iswelt. This is pretty pretty enemies to lovers. Um, Adon is a, an assassin for hire, essentially. And uh, he's also the son of the Rook King, or whatever the heck that name is. There's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a lot going on. Um, he's kind of an enemy in every sense of the word. Um, you know, he was hired to kill uh, Safi and Iswelt. Um, and instead, somehow he ended up going on an adventure with Iswelt, taking on a small child with Iswelt, <laughs> dying, but thinking, at least I died in her arms. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's funny because Adon is falling faster than Iswalt, but like they're both falling at a glacial plate pace. It is a slow burn, but it is quite funny. It is quite cute. Iswalt gets teleported halfway across the country, and Adon's only thought is, "I will find her." It's good stuff. It's a slow burn, though. You gotta get through some books. And book two ain't fun. It happens in book three. Well, four. Anyway. Um, From the Mouths of Sirens by Abigail Hare. You have Cersei and Rook. They're definitely en enemies. They have not quite gotten to the lover's part. They're in the... They're in the enemies part, actually. Still. <laughs> they're actually... They're actually still in the enemy's part. Um, where she tried to be his friend, actually. Um, but she also kind of betrayed him before she was his friend. But she didn't know she was going to be friends with him. Um, so like, they were friends, and they're back to enemies. They took a step back. It's okay, it's okay. Book two's coming. Book two's coming. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> I forgot I put them on here. It's time for my love, The Queen's Thief, written by the wonderful, the, the wonderful Megan Whalen-Turner, who has blessed us with this series. Absolute true blessing. Um, oh, Eugenides, Eugenides and Irene. I love them. I don't think you know the name Irene yet. If you ever get back to the series, Rose, I don't think you know the name Irene yet. So this isn't spoiling anything. Oh my gosh, I love Eugenies and Irene. I love them so much. I I could talk at, at length about them, but I will try and condense it to the best of my abilities. Um, Eugenies confronts Irene, and Irene's like, you're just gonna kill me. And Eugenies goes, or I can marry you. Mm. And Irene kind of goes like, what? That's a funny joke. And Eugenies goes, I was kind of serious. And, <laughs> and Irene goes, when did this happen? And Eugenie goes, well, I guess it started all the way back in my childhood, but I like spied on you a lot with my grandpa. But also maybe when you cut my hand off. But anyway. Anyway. Just. I love them. So much. And I didn't see that coming. And I neither did I read. But I just I love them. They're so cute. They're adorable. I love them. They they yell and they throw things at each other all the time. Actually, it's Irene. Irene throws things at you, Jennings, but I'm sure anyone would. But I love them. And then the most enemies to lovers I have ever read is The Hurricane Wars by Taya uh, Guanzan. I hate when I forget to look up pronunciations. I feel so bad. <laughs> but the characters are Taliesin and Alaric. Um, and apparently, things I never find out until after, this is a kind of a uh, Raylo, like reimagining fan fiction kind of thing. Uh, like with the love hypothesis. So this is also based on them, which I kind of figured as I read, and I was like, you know, I'm just getting the vibe. And I was right. 
But it wasn't bad. This was the most enemies to lovers I have ever seen. Because they were literally enemies trying to kill each other in a war that was happening. Like, literally. And they <laughs> are then forced into an engagement. And it's... It's like watching a train wreck. <laughs> because they both are like, Oh, I, I hate you. Really attractive, but I hate you. I fought you in a war. And then... They're also like, But like, I kind of trust you a lot. And we've been working really closely together now. But I would never betray anyone else by admitting to myself that I No, I never. Um... So we're still in the- we, we've, we've crossed enemies, we got to the reluctant allies, we got to the friends. There was the lover's moment, but then of course there was all of the things after, so we kind of took a few steps back. But there will be more, there will be more. <clears throat> Which leads us to the thoughts. Rose, what are your thoughts on enemies to lovers? I love it. <laughs> um... Gosh, I just, it's like the perfect amount of tension, and I always want to know, when two people start out as enemies, I always want to know how they, how their journey progresses, and what causes them to realize that they might actually be attracted to each other. So, I very much enjoy this one. <laughs> It is, it is very good. Um, it's, I think it's very fun and funny when done well. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I want it to be funny. I want, I want, that's because I was, I grew up on Jude and Carden. <laughs> that's because they were my first. So they are the blueprint. But, like, I, I like things to be funny. If you were enemies and suddenly, like, it, you know, one day in the future. You, like, if you start out as enemies, I need to imagine you in the future telling your children, oh yeah, I hated your mom's guts at first. Absolutely despised her. <laughs> what made you love her? I can't really put a pin on that. <laughs> I just... I love it. It is good stuff. And it's it's mostly very funny. But Rose, we have one more trope. And will you do us the honor? Yes. Our last trope we're going to discuss today is fake dating. Um, and for those who need a, a definition, that is when two characters pretend to be in a relationship and pretend that they're dating. And again, this one has many sub-tropes, but we're really going to focus on just the fake dating aspect of it. Um... To me, the impact this has on the plot, I feel like it can sometimes read like there's this unnecessary tension because the characters are literally doing this to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prison of their own making. Yes. And like, I've, I was thinking about this earlier and I was trying to be understanding of like, you, everyone has that gut instinct to like be 
to uh, like self preserve or like you know not be embarrassed or get in a weird situation and so that's a lot of like what this fake dating trope stems from but at the same time I'm like that's a lot of effort to put in rather than just say (laughs) rather than just say like hey you're allowed to date this person that I once dated you don't have to wait for me to be happy (laughs) like calling out the love hypothesis no, I was like straight up. See, I thought that was gonna go in the. That's a lot of effort to just date someone you want to right, date. Right, that like, too. To just try and avoid telling your parents you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend yet. <laughs> because if I'm over here, like, I'm I'm I like to be lazy, as lazy as I could be. So I, it, fake dating someone would really just be too much effort. But so those are your thoughts. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are tension, and to anger me. <laughs> that's why this. That's why this. This exists, to create tension, and to anger me. Because characters are dumb. So true. But you mentioned the love hypothesis, so I wonder what you've got down here, Rose. Yes. Um, so, the love hypothesis. Uh, Olive Smith is a third-year PhD candidate, and she doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships. But, her best friend does, and that's what gets her into this situation. So, she's trying to convince her friend on <laughs> that, you know, she's dating, she's moved on, she's happy, so that... On can date someone that all have dated. Very brief, yeah. too. <laughs> um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. And so, like any self-respecting biologist, all of panics and kisses the first man that she sees. <laughs> and that is how... And who would that be? Oh my god, what is his name? <laughs> what is his name? Oh my god, I should... Hmm. Adam. His name's Adam. Adam. I remember now. Yeah, just think of Adam Yes, driver. that's what I was going to say, because driver. this is also supposed to be like a spinoff of the new Star Wars movies, and so I don't... It's supposed to be like a Kylo Ren. It's a Raylo fan fiction. And what's her face? Anyway, Ren. Ren. Yeah, words are hard. Ren? Ren? Is that Ren? Ren? I thought it was Ren. Ray? It is Ray. Because it's Raylo. Oh, Raylo. I don't know. Don't trust me. I've only accidentally read two Raylo fan fictions. (laughs) Two? <laughs> well, well the hurricane wars oh my god i didn't know until i started it <laughs> incredible but yeah so she kisses adam and he's like well i guess this works out for me because of my circumstances um and like what is it? i don't want to get fired i want funding. yeah exactly the universe i feel like adam is the true embodiment of a p like someone with a you know 
within his line of work. I just need money. Just give me funding, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for the funding. <sighs> so yeah. Um that kind of sums uh, sums up the love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other one I could put on here. Because <laughs> I thought I had a few others, but I was like, no, that's a marriage of convenience. That's not a fake dating. Those are different tropes. But the only uh, fake dating I've really read is from the Dark Artifices. Because, uh, there's a lot of tropes in, you know, a book that's like 600, 700, almost 800 pages. Because I'll declare fit a lot. <laughs> but in the Dark Artifices, because Emma cannot be with Julian, she decides to fake date his older brother, Mark. <laughs> and it goes horribly. So poorly. Because Julian is devastated. Emma is devastated, and Mark is devastated. <laughs> no one is happy, because no one likes the current dynamic. Who would have thought? But yeah, that's there's the example of a, it's there to anger me. Because as much as the fake dating for Emma and Mark actually, like, made, like, probably brought them t- a little closer together as friends... Neither of them liked it. At all. No one no liked one it. No one liked it. And it was just... No, no one liked it. It was just really frustrating for everyone. So as a reader, you're kind of like, Really? Is anyone happy? No? Well, neither am I. It's not even... At least in a love hypothesis... The most uh, cognitive dissonance you see from Olive and Adam is, oh, I have feelings for them, but they're only fake dating me. And I heard them talking about someone else that they really liked, so it couldn't be me. That's the most cognitive dissonance you get there. Literally. It's like, you're so close, you're just missing the mark entirely. Aren't you two people trying? One of you has a PhD and the other one's trying, but you're telling me. You cannot connect the dots. No? Okay. Emma, Mark, and Julian are just a hot mess of teenagers. Which is worse. Arguably. Everyone's sad. No one's happy. You have to make sure Mark doesn't get taken back by the just another another day in the Blackwood household at that point the Blackthorn just another day trying not to get the family you know separated trying to keep everyone together set far away from each other I know those poor characters which leads to our final thoughts I haven't read this trope much uh, but it can be good and it can be bad and uh, I also said I don't know if I can read another book with this trope. <laughs> um, I'm overwhelmed by it, honestly. Let's let's have some real relationships. 
but I don't know. Do we have anything else? Nope. All I got. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Remember to check out the Instagram. That's where all the fun little goodies are. If you ever want fun little goodies. Like book reviews. Book reviews are over there. They're fun. But as for now, we gotta book it. <laughs>